Dr. Plotkin, I'm going to hand you what's uh, yes, I'm going to hand you what's being what's been marked as Plaintiffs Exhibit 18. This is a oh, did it? Did you send it? Okay. This is the manufacturer insert for a drug called Enbrel, correct? Mm -hmm. What is Enbrel f uh, a drug for? Um, well, it's essentially uh, an immunosuppressive, and it's, um, I think it's used a lot for uh, in autoimmune diseases and uh, cancers. This is a drug given to sick people, not healthy people, correct? Right. Unlike vaccines, which are typically given to healthy children and babies, right? Right. Okay. Um, if you turn to um, page 10, Dr. Plotkin, go all the way to the bottom, the 6.1, section 6.1 clinical studies experience. Mm -hmm. The very first line under 6.1 says, the data described below reflect exposure to Enbrel in 2,219 adult patients with RA followed for up to 80 months. Mm -hmm. So that in studying this drug given to six people, they reviewed safety for up to six and a half years, mm -hmm. correct? And they also used. Sorry. There's no answer to the question. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Say. When you say correct, there's You're no right. Answer. I've all. Okay. Uh, was that a yes, Dr. Plotkin? Yes. Do we, are, do we miss any others? No. It's gradually happening more and more. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and, and there was, and the placebo group here was in this study was a saline placebo for all controls, correct? Yes. Okay. So what is your point? I think the point speaks for itself, Dr. Plotkin. Well, it doesn't because Enbrel is given over long periods of time and one has to, uh, since it's immunosuppressive, one has to look for things that may happen because of, it, uh, of immunosuppression. Uh, vaccines uh, are given at particular times and are generally not uh, continuously given over long periods of time. But be, because, uh, aside from that, uh, you're, you're basing this on the package circulars, not on the uh, combined experience with the vaccines 
that in many cases has taken place over 50 or 60 years. I, I, I'm basing this, Dr. Plotkin, I'm not basing anything on anything. <laughs> I'm just asking you questions, but I, but, but, uh, I, and my questions are geared towards being able for uh, my client to be able to pick up what is supposed to be a document that includes the clinical trial experience of the particular biologic or drug and understand what the adverse events rate was for that product. And that's all I'm trying to ask you questions about to understand. Um, that, that, that's it. And in terms of uh, your what you've just said about Enbrel, uh, the uh, let's just uh, We'll just talk about one quick vaccine, and and, and we've really got to move on because um, it's got a lot of little more material to cover. Um, DTaP vaccines given at two months of age, correct? Yes. And at four months of age? Yes. And at six months of age? Yes. Eighteen months? Yes. At three to four years of age? Yes. Then again at eleven years of age? Yes. In 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 the slightly Tdap version? Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Here you have a, just one vaccine, put aside the other one, that is given over an extended period of time. But yet, as we saw, you know, uh, as the manufacturer interest will show, there is no uh, a clinical trial that I'm aware of. Um, and, and I'm happy for you to show me or produce one that actually does what the study in Enbrel does, which is uh, has a saline placebo controlled group and reviews safety over. Uh, anything more than, you know, typically a few days or 30-day period? I dispute that. I think is um, almost certain or certain in my mind that they observe the patients over a longer period of time, but that they looked uh, specifically for acute reactions during the first few days after immunization. And uh, also, I add to that, and I insist on repeating that one has to look at the total experience with a drug or a vaccine over a period of time, not simply what is in the FDA package circular. So are you saying that the, we should, instead of relying on clinical data, placebo saline, inert placebo controlled studies, we should just rely on the experience. Well, uh, isn't it true that there's a lot of people out there in fact, you've, you've said a lot of, uh, used a lot of adjectives for them today so far, who are out there and say that their experience is that vaccines have caused all kinds of serious adverse reactions. Isn't that precisely what is on section 6.2 of each of those inserts? If your approach is yeah. used, why are they not given equal weight? I mean, if, if that's the way we're going to do science. I'm asking science, for the clinical, si clinical science, data. Science depends on a body of work. It does not depend on any single studies. It depends on repetition, on data that confirm other data. And so you cannot take any single study and re rely on that and say that is the truth. The truth comes out of re repetition and experience. So is your point just to trust you versus actually have the actual data to support? No, it's the accumulation okay. of data. And you can provide the data to support everything you're saying here today, correct? 
everything that I'm saying is in this book. You wrote that book? Sorry? You're, you're the editor of that book, correct? Yes. It's called Plotkin's Vaccines? Yes. Um, Dr. Plotkin, um, what is thrombocytopenia? Uh, decreased platelets. Okay. Can it be caused by an autoimmune reaction? Is, isn't that what it's um, known to be caused by, the body attacking its own platelets? Uh, that's one of the reasons, yes. Okay. Um, can the MMR vaccine cause thrombocytopenia? Yes. Okay. Um, what is brachial neuritis? Brachial neuritis is basically uh, a uh, uh, reaction to a local injection where you have pain in the arm. I'm going to read you a definition of brachial neuritis from John Hopkins Medicine, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree with it. Quote, brachial neuritis is a form of peripheral neuropathy that affects the chest, shoulder, arm, and hand. Peripheral neuropathy is a disease characterized by pain or loss of function in the nerves that carry signals to and from the brain and spinal cord, the central nervous system, to other parts of the body, end quote. Yes. Okay. Can DTAP, or DTAP, can DTAP or Tdap cause brachial neuritis? If it's administered in the incorrect way, yes. Okay. Um, can the uh, MMR cause febrile seizures? Yes. Can the flu shot cause Guillain-Barre syndrome? Um, uncertain, but possible. Can the DTAP or TDAP cause Guillain-Barre syndrome? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, hepatitis B cause Guillain-Barre syndrome? Again, I don't think the evidence supports that. Guillain-Barre syndrome is a not uncommon event, particularly in adults. After vaccination, is that what you mean? No, I mean in general. In general, okay. Um, can the hepatitis B vaccine cause encephalitis? No, I would say definitely not. Okay. Can the MMR vaccine cause acute or chronic arthritis? Uh, it can cause, uh, in, uh, in adults, it can cause acute arthralgia, uh, I would say, pains in the joints. Uh, but um, that does not seem to be a permanent phenomenon. And it's uh, unusual in children. So yes for the acute in adults, but uh, otherwise uncertain? In children, uh, it must be quite rare for the curves at all. Um, but, but it does occur in adult women. Uh, can um, the flu shot, DTAP, or Hep B cause transverse myelitis? <laughs> um, I would say that's uh, unlikely. Um, the um, you said uh, influenza. What would you say? Hepatitis B or DTAP? Or DTAP. I've 
uh, I think that's the most unlikely. More likely that it would be the flu shot or hep B? Um, well, it's difficult with influenza because it's such a widely used vaccine, but um, uh, I, I don't see any um, medical reason why any one of those vaccines should cause transverse myelitis. <clears throat> but it has it, been reported. It has been reported. Influenza, okay. I suppose, maybe, but I'm not aware of any proof. Are you aware that? Okay. <clears throat> Can hepatitis B or the flu shot cause fibromyalgia? Fibromyalgia. That's such a vague syndrome. It's, again, difficult. Uh, to know, um, but, and uh, influenza is, there are some differences between influenza vaccine and other vaccines, but with hepatitis B, uh, I don't see any, any reason why it should cause fibromyalgia. So no on the hep and maybe on the flu? Uh, yeah, I guess boils down to that. Uh, can the DTAP or TDAP cause acute disseminated encephalomyelitis? Uh, I would say no. Can the hepatitis A vaccine cause autoimmune hepatitis? Oh dear, no. Can hepatitis B cause lupus? I see no reason why it could. That's a no? No. Okay. Uh, can influenza cause lupus? Influenza vaccine? I, I can see no mechanistic reason why it would, and so I would say no. Okay. Can the hepatitis B vaccine cause rheumatoid arthritis? Um, there have been studies along those lines, and uh, I would say that they're unconvincing as far as the vaccine causing rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, the, the difficulty is that rheumatoid arthritis is a common disease, and it, of course, occurs frequently uh, in adults, so it's very difficult to know um, whether... Um, some precipitating event could have caused it. But at this point, I would say no. Vaccines are also commonly given to most people in the country, correct? They're often given, yes. So determining causality really requires a double-blind placebo-controlled study, correct? It, it does if you want to be certain, or at least a, a statistically uh, strong relationship. What do you mean by statistically strong relationship? Uh, I mean a situation where you have a comparative group and you can say that uh, compared to the uh, comparative group that the, the uh, association you're looking at is statistically um, different than the control group. And, you, and from that you believe you can determine causation? 
Well, you can determine association. Then you have to look and see whether there is some kind of um, uh, biological explanation. Well, isn't it difficult to determine association? Isn't it difficult to determine association when it comes to vaccines and a alleged injury because everybody, for the most part, gets vaccinated? That is true. That is precisely why there are so many false associations between vaccines yeah. and disease. Isn't it also the reason then that careful preclinical studies using an inert placebo should be conducted before licensure? It, it would be ideal to, to do so, but um, one would also have to <laughs> would have to be very large studies. Uh, and covering different age groups. Right. And uh, by and large, um, uh, those data uh, uh, come out much later after experience uh, with a vaccine mm -hmm. uh, used in thousands or millions of, of people. Well, that, that of course presumes that the, that the adverse events are long-term adverse events are rare, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, do you know whether faith is susceptible to any... Uh, I'm going to try... Strike that. There's a lot of conditions, so I'm going to try this a little bit of a, a different way so we can get through this a bit quicker. Um, is faith susceptible to suffer any of the conditions we have reviewed thus far? You mean the infectious diseases or, or the non-infectious diseases? I'm talking about the adverse event. I'm talking about the conditions that we just reviewed, um, starting with thrombocytopenia and ending with well, rheumatoid arthritis. I, I know nothing about the child, and therefore I'm unable to answer. Do you know whether Faith has a genetic variant that renders her predisposed to suffer any of these conditions from I vaccination? Do, I do not. Do you know whether Faith has a genetic variant in her microbiome DNA that renders her predisposed to suffer any of the conditions we reviewed? I am not aware of that. Okay. Do you know whether Faith has any environmental exposure that would render her predisposed to suffer any of the conditions that we've just reviewed? No. Okay. In 1991, the IOM issued a report regarding vaccine safety. Are you familiar, correct? Yes. Are you familiar with that report? Yes. Um, that, that report looked at 22 serious injuries associated with DTaP vaccines and rubella vaccines, correct? Mm -hmm. okay. uh, did you provide information to the, was that a yes? Yes. Um, did you provide information to the IOM committee conducting this review? Uh, I believe I s sent them papers. Uh, I was not involved with the committee in any uh, direct way. Are you, are you aware of whether they thanked you in the, in the introduction? They may have. I mean, I um, obviously... Um, uh, was a source of information about rubella vaccine, for example. 
the IOM searched for evidence regarding whether DPT can cause autism, correct? Uh, yes. And they f could not find any evidence um, that would help them to make any determination one way or another with regard to whether DPT causes autism, correct? Well, if, if, if you mean that they, um, they use their um, uh, statement of not having enough information to make a decision, uh, probably yes. Do you recall that they had five categories of conclusions, Dr. Plotkin? In that yeah, report? something like that. They had, yeah. Okay. The first category, strike that. Do you recall that the first category was no evidence bearing on a causal relation? I, I don't recall specifically, but I, I believe you're correct. Okay, well, well, well I'll, I'll mm -hmm. give you a copy. Let's get you a copy. Um, going to hand you Dr. Plotkin and what's being marked as Exhibit 19. Dr. Plotkin, the title of this is The Adverse Effects of Pertussis and Rubella Vaccines, correct? Yes. This was by the Institute of Medicine in 1991. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we go to all the way, if you go to the second to last page, Dr. Plotkin, I suspect that's what you're looking for. This is a table of the summary of conclusions by adverse mm -hmm. event for DPT and MMR, correct? Yes. Okay. So there are five conclusion categories, correct? Mm -hmm. The first one is no evidence bearing on a causal relation, correct? Mm -hmm. And what that means, if you see the, did you, was that a yes? Yes. Okay. Um, if you go to footnote C, which defines what no evidence bearing on a causal relation means, uh, isn't it true that it says, no category of evidence was found bearing on a judgment about causation. All categories of evidence left blank in Table 1.1-1, correct? Yes. Okay. There's only one condition for which they, literally, they couldn't find any evidence one way or another on whether, it caused, it, whether the vaccine causes that condition, correct? Uh, right. And that was, what was that condition? Um, autism. Okay. Um, now, the IOM reviewed um, whether DPT can cause 17 other serious conditions. 
And uh, on this chart, it found that evidence supported a causation for four of them for DPT, rejected causation for four of them, but that the evidence was insufficient to determine causation for nine of them. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, as for the MMR vaccine, um, uh, the IOM reviewed four conditions, right? Mm -hmm. For the first two, it was that a yes, Dr. Plotkin? Yes. Yeah. I hate to trouble you, but if you could say yes instead of mm-hmm, it would mm -hmm. speed things along a bit. Appreciate it. Um, if for the for two of them, it found that the evidence was insufficient uh, to make a causation determination. Correct? Yes. Okay, but. For chronic arthritis, it found that the evidence is consistent with a causal relationship. Yes. That would be, a, there's evidence consistent with a causal relationship between the MMR vaccine and chronic arthritis, correct? Yes. And it also found that the evidence indicates a causal relationship between the MMR vaccine and acute arthritis, correct? Uh, yes. Do you dispute these findings? Uh, well, first of all, the IOM's later report uh, was not as definitive as far as chronic arthritis is concerned. Uh, and um, the evidence for the uh, consistency, first of all, it must be stressed, we're talking about adult women receiving the vaccine, not children. Uh, and uh, the other point is that um, uh, the, the data really came from one center in British Columbia uh, and was um, not uh, generally seen. As far as acute arthritis is concerned, uh, it really should be arthralgia, not arthritis, because uh, there's a difference between those two things. But anyway, uh, there's no doubt that the vaccine does cause uh, pains in the joints, but again, uh, particularly in adult women, uh, it is um, uh, not uh, a big problem in children. Uh, on the next page, Dr. Plotkin, where it says of the report, it's under research needs, does the first sentence say, in the course of its review, the committee encountered many gaps and limitations in knowledge bearing directly mm -hmm. and indirectly on the safety of vaccines? Yep. Okay, and then the last sentence of that paragraph says, clearly if research capacity and accomplishment in these areas are not improved, future reviews of vaccine safety will be similarly handicapped, correct? Right, correct. Okay. So I think it's worth pointing out that um, the vaccine community uh, did respond uh, to those conclusions and that uh, in particular uh, CDC set up a situation with um, uh, centers like uh, Kaiser Permanente in California where they do very elaborate safety studies because they have a large, large populations receiving vaccines or not receiving vaccines and they can do comparative uh, studies. And uh, in addition, uh, WHO has set up 
safety uh, uh, reviews on vaccines. Uh, and, uh, of course, CDC has a, a safety d a department, uh, and there are funded um, um, sort of safety centers th throughout the country. Okay. So it's not a, a, as if the vaccine community has ignored the issue mm -hmm. of vaccine safety. Well, wonderful. We'll go through all of that, I can assure you. But, but I got to take it piece by piece, okay? So one step at a time, and we will get to... Kaiser and the, the various things that you just talked about, and we'll address all of them. I just want, hopefully we, we get to everything. Um, uh, all right, um, you know what? Why don't we take a, uh, just a, a two minute quick break? I'm gonna end this. Perfect. This ends just number three of the deposition of Dr. Stanley. Uh, we are going off the record. The time is 14.23. Beginning of disc number four of the deposition of Dr. Stanley Plotkin. We are on the record. The time is 1433. <clears throat> Dr. Plotkin, you earlier said that it would be ethical, you believe, to conduct a randomized double blind placebo controlled study of the childhood immunization schedule using adults. Is that correct? Oh, well, I mean, you, you can't... I suppose you could test the childhood schedule in adults, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense if, if that's what you mean. Um, you could test individual vaccines, I suppose, although uh, the adults, uh, in all likelihood, will have been either previously vaccinated or previously infected. So it wouldn't be a very easy study to do. But, but I suppose it's conceivable. And you think, but it, and, and it is something that could be done to assess the, certainly adults are not children, but it would at least give a sense of the safety profile of people who've, on the one hand, gotten the childhood schedule versus those who haven't. And I would think it's something that you would, you know, any, that you would welcome, given that it was, should hopefully, I presume, show um, that both groups will have similar uh, rates of any uh, of total health outcomes. Well, it's difficult to imagine how one would, would do it. Now, for example, for Haemophilus influenza, uh, disease uh, is rare in, in adults, uh, of the type B anyway, and so uh, I'm not sure what one would learn by doing such a study. For hepatitis B, The adverse of course, events, not the efficacy, Dr. Plotkin. Yeah, well, uh, I suppose, but whether it would be translatable from adults to children uh, is uncertain in itself. So uh, I don't think it's a very practical way of studying the, the safety of uh, vaccines. Uh, fortunately for hepatitis B, it's indicated for adults as well as children. So that's something that uh, can be done. Uh, and papillomavirus vaccine, of course, can be given to adults. 
So we have data uh, from the, that type of study. But in terms of systematic studies of childhood vaccines in adults, uh, I don't f think that's a very feasible or, or useful. If the, gr if, the, if the group that received, the adults that received the full schedule versus those that didn't, had r significantly higher rates of autoimmune or neurological or other adverse events, you don't think that could provide useful information for potentially making, addressing potential safety concerns and making the, safe, the schedule safer? So for that, you need a group of adults who have never received vaccines. And Why is that? I, well, what are you comparing? If you're comparing uh, those who were vaccinated as children with those who weren't, so you need a group that was, was not vaccinated. Well, most adults today have not received anywhere near the number of vaccines that children are being exposed to today. So, um, for example, Dr. Plotkin, have, you know, when you were a child, as an example, what vaccines did you receive? <laughs> uh, diphtheria. Um, uh, well, uh, uh, in childhood, I, I think it was probably only diphtheria. Okay. In those days. It, so if, 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 if such a study were constructed, would you be willing to participate? You mean as someone who uh, did yes. not receive? Would you be willing to be part of the study in which you would either, you know, you would be randomized, so you'd either get the saline injections or the full mm -hmm. childhood vaccine schedule? Would you be willing to do yeah. that? Yeah, but then you'd have I'm to I'm sorry, have, I didn't hear the answer. Would you be willing to do that? Yes, but then you'd have to have a group of 80-year-olds who have received all of the childhood vaccines that are now given, which would be pretty difficult to do. So I think this kind of study you're talking about is uh, either difficult or, or uh, useless because you don't have the, the right groups to compare. Uh -huh. You could do it perhaps in 20-year-olds mm -hmm. um, if you could find 20-year-olds who haven't been vaccinated. Well, if it was... Um if they did age controls and so they had a range of ages, um, including 80s and 20-year-olds, would you be willing to participate? Oh, I'd be willing to participate okay. in any reasonable study, Great. but I don't think it would be very useful. Okay. Um, in 1994, the IOM issued another report regarding vaccine safety. Are you familiar with that report? Uh, 94, the, mm, yeah, the last one was in 2000, as I recall. 2011 was the last one. Well, okay, there was, there was a, a large one in about 2000 as well. Anyway, so. In 1994, um, let me give you, sounds like you don't remember, let's just give this to you. Handing you, Dr. Plock, and what's been marked as Plaintiff's Exhibit 20. The title of this report is Adverse Events Associated with Childhood Vaccines, mm -hmm. correct? Yes. This is also by the Institute of Medicine. Um, this is also, in this report, the IOM looked at 54 serious injuries associated with a number of different vaccines, correct? Yes. Okay. Did you provide information to the IOM committee conducting this review? I don't recall doing that. Okay. 
you see on, um, and there are the acknowledgments on the second page. Your name is in the middle there, Stanley A. Plotkin, Pastor Morak. I can't pronounce. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't speak French, I apologize. And can you pronounce that? That's M-E-R-I-E-U-X-C-O-N-N-A-U-G-H-T company. Um, now, if you go to, out of these 54 condition pairs, um, the IOM found sufficient evidence to support a causal relationship for 14 of them and rejected a causal relationship for four of them. Do you see that? Uh, where are you, are you referring So if you go, Dr. Plock, into the uh, fourth, the fifth to last page, it has the causality table. Mm -hmm. You see category three is the evidence favors rejection of a causal relationship? Yes. Okay, and you see they rejected it for four of the associated adverse events, correct? Mm -hmm. You seeing? Is that a yes? Yes. You see in category four, it says the evidence favors acceptance of a causal relation. Yes. Okay. Do you see that there's two, three? There are five conditions listed there, including Guillain-Barré, branchial neuritis, anaphylaxis. Do you see that? Yes. Okay. And on the next page for category five, which is the evidence establishes a causal relation, do you see that it lists one, two, three, four, five, six, seven conditions, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, however, uh, for the remaining conditions, so they looked at 54, if we subtract out the three categories we just looked at, 38 of those conditions, the 38 remaining conditions, the IOM couldn't make a causality determination because the science hadn't been conducted yet, right? Yes. Okay. The IOM stated at the end of this report, uh, quote, the lack of adequate data regarding many of the adverse events under study was of major concern to the committee. Presentations of public meetings indicated that many parents and physicians share this concern. Do you see the last page of the report that you're holding? Of the excerpts, do you see that it says that? The first two lines under need for research and surveillance? Yes. Um, Dr. Plotkin, in, in 2011, the IOM then issued it's another report on vaccine safety, and this time it looked at 158 of the most commonly claimed serious injuries uh, after vaccination, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the title of that report is Adverse Effects of Vaccines, Evidence of Causality. Yes. You're familiar with that report? Yes. Okay. Um, do you know who commissioned and paid for that report, by the way? Which commission? Who co sorry, who commissioned 
and paid for that report? No. Okay. <clears throat> Would it be surprising to you if I told you that H HRSA, uh, the agency within the, the uh, HHS that defends against vaccine injury claims, that commissioned that report? Wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Um, did you provide information to the Iowan committee conducting this review? <laughs> uh, I don't recall specifically whether I did or not. A lot of people ask for my opinions. and. If when asked, I give my opinions. Dr. Pluck, and I'm going to hand you what's been marked as Exhibit 21. Is this the 2011 IOM report we were just talking about? Yes. Do you see there's Roman numeral, little Roman numeral seven, page little Roman numeral seven? You see a section entitled reviewers? Oh, yes. I'm on the list. Okay. Do you see, um, I'm going to read the first uh, two sentences and you can tell me if, they're, if that's what this report says. It says, this report has been reviewed in draft form by individuals chosen for their diverse perspective and technical expertise in accordance with procedures approved by the National Research Council's report review committee. The purpose of this independent review is to provide candid and critical comments that will assist the institutions in making its published report as sound as possible and to ensure that the report meets institutional standards for objectivity, evidence, and responsiveness to the study charge. Is that mm -hmm. what it says? Yes. And you're one of the people that gave the report to you to review? Yes. And next to your name, it says University of Pennsylvania. Yes. It doesn't disclose that at that time you were working for all four of the major vaccine makers, correct? What do you mean by working for them? I mean, at, at, at that point, I was no longer at Pasteur Media Connaught. Did you, in 2011, were you receiving compensation and remuneration from Sanofi? I was, yes, as I've said before, I um, was consulting for uh, Sanofi as well as others. Were you consulting for Merck? Yes, probably and, at that and, time, yes. And GSK? Yes. Okay. And, and as well as a whole host of other for-profit companies seeking to develop vaccines, correct? Yes. But I'm just, say, I'm just saying that's not mentioned here, correct? No. Okay.